On our neighborhood Facebook page, especially right now in the spring, people are asking about what types of trees will grow well in our yards, specifically in our backyards, like what will grow big enough to provide a lot of shade. But the comment section is usually filled with laughing gifs and just a bunch of good looks. And one even said, hey, I've got a jackhammer you can borrow. (laughs) And the problem is this Texas soil. And maybe it's just my neighborhood, but I feel like it was just built on one big solid rock. The soil is not suitable or sustainable to grow anything with deep roots. You know, not everything is bigger and better in Texas. So how do you know if you have shallow roots? Today I'm going to teach you how to identify if you have shallow roots, why that's a big deal, and what you can do about it. We might just need to pull out the sole jackhammer on this one too. (laughs) So go grab your coffee and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding-dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. Have you ever felt like things are bothering you more than normal? Or maybe you feel like you have more of an impulse to eat or drink something and you kind of just excuse it away as you're PMSing or you're just going through a difficult time right now and so you're craving sweets or you're giving in to those impulses or maybe you're going on more shopping sprees and just kind of getting some shop therapy in. It's getting harder to resist and you can't figure out why so maybe you've tried going on a diet or maybe you've tried saying I'm only going to go shopping once a month and setting some boundaries for yourself and not that any of those are bad in fact they can be a good thing that helps you but what's the real reason why are things bothering you more why do you feel the need to eat and drink more why are you craving these things to try to satisfy something in you girl what you have is soul fatigue Those are just some indicators. Some other ones might be that it's really hard to make simple decisions, or you're more likely to favor a short-term gain, something quick, a quick fix, but it's going to leave you with a really high long-term cost, and you can't see that. You can't foresee that happening. Your judgment is suffering. Maybe you have less courage to do something that you know you should do, but you just don't know why you're not doing it. If this is you, listen, Linda, you might actually need some rest. Sure, maybe a nap. That might help. But according to John Ortberg in the book Soul Keeping, the soul craves rest. And if you didn't listen to my last episode on the spinning wheel or the sin cycle, go listen to that on what I have to say about rest. This is talking about the way a tree rests in good soil. 
It doesn't have to work that hard to grow. Simon Weil, a French philosopher, said, to be rooted is perhaps the most important and yet least recognized need of the human soul. So let's start with why, why is this easily missed? You know, it's really easy to live in what you can see. You can see a little plant growing. You can see a flower blooming. And it's really easy to walk around, especially right now in springtime, and go, look at those beautiful flowers. Look at that huge tree blooming again. That's what we want. We look around us and go, look what she's doing. Look what she has. Look at who she is. I want to be like her. And so we end up living in the shallows, in things that provide quick growth or instant gratification. It's obvious to other people, things that make them look at us and praise us, or we're outwardly focused and we're relying on other people's praise and accolades to reassure us that we're growing. Look what I'm doing. I'm doing this and this and this. Maybe we post it in our Instagram stories. Maybe we talk about all the good things that are happening in our life right now, but we don't really get real with other people or we don't even get real with ourselves. Root growth happens in the hidden places. It's not usually seen. It's in those dark places that maybe it's in a dark time of your life, which we'll get to in part two next week. But regardless, it's a slow process and it might appear even unsuccessful. You know, when you plant a seed, which (laughs) in all honesty, I don't really do because I kill all plants that I've ever had. I know what the process should be. I'm just not very skilled at it. But, you know, when you plant a seed and you know it's in there, you know it's down in there in the dirt. You just don't see that little shoot growing yet. You know, in theory, it's probably growing roots, but you want it to hurry up. And so you either overwater it or you underwater it because you're just, you get impatient and you just give up on it. But growth is happening, or at least it should be if the soil is right. So what does this look like spiritually? As John Ortberg, who I quoted earlier, says in the book Soul Keeping, he's talking about the woman and he says, she thinks her problem is her husband and her kids, but it's not, it's her soul. Gaining the outside world doesn't help if your inside world collapses. And I can go back to a time when my inside world, my inner being was not growing. It was collapsing. I was looking to what other people thought of me. I was outwardly focused on other people's issues and blaming other people in my life for things not going well. And instead of growing deep roots in my faith, it was all shallow and therefore I was easily uprooted. So what contributes or what else contributes to these shallow roots? There's three things that I think contribute to shallow roots. One of them is superficiality. Ortberg also states that the shallow soul is rooted in a really thin layer of soil called superficiality. I think these are things like followers and compliments and likes and feeling needed or even material success and money that we make, our talents or the labels of the perfect family or Serving in the church and the ministry and being praised for it or hearing words like, you're such a wonderful mom. 
all of those things can be really good, but when we're looking to those things to fuel us or to provide the nutrition in order to grow, that's all superficial. And that doesn't provide the deep growth that we need. Another thing is self-focus, which is, you know, looking to yourself to meet your own needs or looking at your appearance and your reputation or saying things like, well, what's my truth? What are my desires? Or what are needs that I have that aren't getting met? And you know, that might sound a little contradictory to what I said earlier about superficiality and looking outward. And now I'm telling you to look inward. But there's a fine line there. There's a difference between and aren't inherently bad being self-reflective and aware of why you're doing something and being self-reliant and relying on yourself for the answers. And really both of those are rooted in the biggest one, which is sin. And sin really is the sickness or in the gardening terms, the weeds that our souls have inherited. We were born sinful. No one planted sin or just like no one plants weeds on purpose. Nobody wants them there. I don't go around planting weeds because I think they look pretty. My boys were just paid the other day to pick weeds out of their grandparents' um, yard because there were just a lot of them. No one wants them there. And they don't need any help to grow. They grow so fast without much help. But left unchecked, one weed leads to many weeds. Just like sin begets even more sin. And nobody, or if it's left unchecked, it'll just keep growing and growing. And eventually choke out any of the good, nutritious soil. Any of the good things that are in your life that you are surrounding yourself with or trying to have feed your soul. It drains the soil of the good nutrients. All of this can cause uprootedness, which Simon Weil defines as a near universal condition resulting from the destruction of ties with the world and disillusion of community. What does that all really mean? Um, the destruction of ties with the world just, it's going to destroy you being so closely tied with the world and scripturally based is that you cannot serve two masters it's that you should be serving the lord and not men it's that you should be looking to please and honor him over anything else not people not what they think just him in the dissolution of community when community dissolves or you don't have anyone to speak truth into your life your sin can go unchecked. It's like letting a weed grow in the yard. If no one's there to pick it, more are going to grow. And so it's being able to let someone in to say, hey, are you doing okay? I've noticed that blah, blah, blah. And whether or not we like it, we need it. One of those positive effects is accountability. If we know we need to make a change, somebody needs to know that we're attempting that. Someone that we trust, someone that can speak into our life that can say, hey, you said you were working on this, how's that going? Or maybe they notice and you don't that it's not going so well. Or maybe they notice it is and they notice a change in you and they can see deeper growth. All of the things that I listed in the beginning, those poor soil indicators of soul fatigue, those things are not sustainable, again, for healthy growth. 
if you're easily triggered by something that your husband does, you can probably reason it away as, oh, he does, he does it all the time. He, he won't ever change. Or you're feeling very fragile and anything he says to you, you take so personally. I tend to get pretty defensive when my husband tells me something. And sure, I could reason it away as, oh, I'm just a type one and I'm very self-critical. And so anything you say to me, I've already said 10 times to myself. So obviously that's an area that I'm working on. And if you are surrounded by toxic soil from the world, you will be more easily damaged by the environment or by things around you. So let's look at the contrast between healthy, deeply rooted souls and unhealthy, shallow rooted souls from the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 through 8. I'm just going to read straight from it here. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the person who trusts in mankind. He makes human flesh his strength and his heart turns from the Lord. He cannot see when good comes, but dwells in the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land where no one lives. The person who trusts the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes, and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. And again, I can't help but think of Texas. Whenever we're on a burn ban or we're in a drought warning, we don't have enough water for our plants and we are limited to how much we can water in our own yard to try to help preserve everybody else's water. And so a lot of our plants are affected and you can tell just by looking at them. They're not green. I can drive down my street and I can tell who's secretly watering their grass and (laughs) who's watering when they should be. And so you can tell by looking at somebody if they are indeed healthy. Now, sometimes it can be fake. It can be superficial. And next week we'll talk about fake fruit or a a tree when it is healthy and it produces healthy fruit, you can tell. With people, it's a little bit harder to identify because it might look healthy, but their roots are pretty shallow. And as soon as something comes along that uproots them, some kind of crisis, some kind of devastating thing, and they give up on God, or not that you can't struggle with God at, during hard times in your life. We've been through so many things in our marriage and in, and in our lives individually where we've wondered, what is God doing? However, if you have deeper roots going through something difficult that's going to test your strength, you will be more likely to not only survive it, but last and grow through it. And again, more on that in part two next week. So today I just want to kind of part with a couple questions and a tool. What are you allowing to take root in your heart? What are those spiritual weeds choking your growth? What does your soil look like? Spend some time reflecting on your soil indicators. If you're being easily triggered, if you feel easily damaged or fragile when someone says something or something happens, perhaps your roots need to grow. So next time you have negative self-talk like, that was so stupid, or why do I always do that? Or 
why can't I just seem to fill in the blank? Try some soul talk instead. Try asking yourself, why am I afraid right now? Or why am I feeling so bitter and angry at my husband right now? Or why am I just so disappointed in this situation? And then follow that to the real reason. Catch those weeds before they take root. Even let somebody in and say, what do you see? And allow them to help you pick the weeds. Join me next time for some more tools and encouragement on how to grow a deeply rooted, grounded faith that results in a healthier you. Second Corinthians 4.15 All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to know when new episodes drop and please share with a friend. So I'll call you in five minutes. Please tell me that you know what movie that's from and I promise I'll be your best friend. Just kidding. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.